Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast with your hosts, Ramsey Rutschke, Riley Rutschke, and Sean Morris. I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors, F&H Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues, or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired, contact our friends at F&H Contracting and Fence by texting 406-661-7484. From front yards to farm yards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action. What is up and welcome back to another episode of the Bull Mountain Brothers podcast. I'm not saying anything because Sean made a shit talking video last week of how I always say, how are, how are the boys? <laughs> so I just stared at him instead. I'm doing good, Riley. I'm doing really good. Really, gonna, really, 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 really good. You're going really to have to take this over, dude, because I'm losing my voice already. Why? I don't know. It's been the last two weeks. I just, the more I talk, the more I lose my Can voice. Can we take a vote and say that his voice hasn't changed at all in the last 15 minutes? It feels like it. Can we also talk about how we just cut out 10 minutes of a podcast? Because <laughs> it was just hot garbage. Oh, it's so bad. It was 8% of us. Did we lose our Did we lose our flow and and not being together for the last month? I don't know. Me and Sean had a really good... Me, Sean, and Chad had a really good podcast last week. Yeah, I need to edit it tonight so I can listen to it. But I don't know what you guys been up to. Well, I'd like to say welcome back. The four of us are back together for the first time in months. Um, there's stories upon stories. Why are we laughing? Six weeks. Six weeks. No, because it's just that whole 10 minutes of wet, hot garbage that we had. That was three minutes of it was figuring out exactly how many, <laughs> how many months it's been. Uh, it's been. And then we got to talk about uh, leap years and, and Luigi and, and Luigi. Yep. Luigi is there. He's alive. He's Mario's cousin. Yep. All right. Let's keep moving here. Um, basically, the four of us have been separated in one way or another. Matt's been gone trucking for... It does feel like a lot longer than three months. Yeah. Because we, we had guests <clears throat> on the podcast that, like, you haven't even... Have you had a guest on... When was your last guest? Matt Nolan, probably. Yep. That was middle of August. So it's crazy to think. And then you guys left on your trip. I left to go guide for, I think it turned out to be like, I was gone for eight. Like there was a couple of days I, I could have come home, but I wanted to hang out with Matt. And like, uh, he had some elk clients and like, we were talking about how much I love elk. So it was just really cool to be a part of it. Didn't like need to be there or anything. It was just cool that I got to tag along. So it ended up being like 18 straight days. I was away from home. It was great. Um, Fantastic. It's like, yeah, for you. Uh, it's, it's not I, very... I bet it wasn't because I bet you didn't have groceries for 16 of those 18. <laughs> He's on the stockpiled contra- enough food <laughs> on the contra- in the last eight months. Well, yeah, I've, I'm, I've turned in kind of a... What would you call it? Oh, no. Uh, prepper. A prepper. Doomsday prepper. Prepper. Yeah. And so I... So well, every time I go to the grocery store... No matter what I need, like let's say I go in there for like this this bag of pretzels, right? Five bucks or whatever it is. I always buy three cases of uh, canned anything. Every time I go. 
I had a lot of chili. <laughs> like 40 cans of pizza, <coughs> kidney beans, pinto beans, black beans. You made your own chili? Oh, yeah. I'm proud of you. Well, yeah, so like last night. Wait, are you, with are you saying because what? Ramsey, with meat? Ramsey can't yeah. grocery shop on his own? <laughs> Is that what you're getting at? No, he just won't. Oh. Because when I come home and I just fill the fridge, it's just it's easy. Oh, yeah, yeah it's easy. Yeah. But, yeah, but if there's food we, to eat. We went home. to have these last night. Yeah, go to grocery store, stupid expensive. Well, I come home and I'm like, it's crazy in like three weeks. Like, I open up a thing of, uh, I can't believe it's not butter. What? The Bull Mountain. Bull Mountain Brothers is not affiliated with, I can't believe it's not butter. Uh, Pop the lid. Mold. I'm like, I, I didn't even know that stuff got moldy. All my vegetables gone. So we went to the store last night and just f- filled the fridge uh, with groceries because we wouldn't be able to eat. You wouldn't be able to eat. Your elk's done though, right? Yeah, I picked it up. It's been done for a while. I picked it up on my way home Sunday. Did you bring elk steak with you too? Here, right now? No, but you know what's weird? This is the first time they've packaged tenderloins in a long package. Have you ever had it that way? That's because they never sliced them then. Hmm. Because like I've had them where you get like you, actual. We pieces. told them to steak everything though. Yeah, it was a long. It was a long package like that, and so. Like I pulled it out and we got We're not it. affiliated with those guys for damn sure. <laughs> uh I <laughs> got all the sausage that we wanted. I don't know. But I'm excited because I want to try because I know you do a lot of slow cooker stuff at home. And uh I'm gonna try some I wanna try some stuff like that. I wanna do a, a shoulder or something. Some sort of roast this weekend and make like pulled like pulled elk, like pulled pork out of it. See how that goes. Mm-hmm. You mean Monday because you're going to be at the ranch all weekend. Bring a crock pot. <laughs> Did he tell you my idea? Yeah, I think it's fucking brilliant. Thank you. It's crazy to think how many stories we legitimately could tell right now. Do we want to just have... Oh, yeah. Let's just have a storytelling Let's just have a storytelling story session because I I think there's stuff that like... At nights with the Bull Mountain Brothers. Matt could tell you guys that you haven't heard stories that you guys have that Matt and I haven't heard. It'll be kind of like reconnecting. I have a solo story as well. We could do this like a mega wall tent chronicle, really. Yeah. And just tell stories. I um, have a solo story kind of too. Yeah. Without me? Oh, I'd love to hear it. I have a solo story. I don't story. really have a lot of like. Is it putting windows in on the weekend? <laughs> I have this weird thing <laughs> where like I don't really care to tell any of my guiding stories because that was like between me and like that person and it was more of a like something that like. No, that but that that's just it. Is those are the stories everyone wants to hear. Yeah, I know, but like the, it was. You probably have stories that aren't directly correlated to you guiding. This is going to sound super arrogant, but I think you can kind of connect. Like, like you understand what I'm going to say here. When you're hunting for 18 straight days, the amount of animals and situations you see every day, like I forget, I forget things that happen. You know what I'm saying? Like the amount of bucks and bulls and coyotes and this and that like i legitimately it like stacks it must be nice I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to come off like oh we got this like amazing spot and but 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 like legitimately but you, i'm in legitimately the woods you do i I'm, mean i'm in the woods all day long every yeah. day no i get what you're saying and so like i can't even and remember. then we have people that tell us like we don't know what we're talking about when we're like we can get bigger this is the best there is yeah and i saw like i had some ups i had some downs like some like really crazy downs that you would never think um, oh, what's funny? Nothing. No, just keep rolling. 
What did what, my hand hand gestures? No, it wasn't anything you did. Oh, you guys had some downs. No, I I'm really I am so Just intrigued right now. Just move <laughs> on. So intrigued. But uh, when you said you had some downs, Matt went like this. Oh, like yeah, the whole knee pads thing. Oh, oh, explicit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Um. So why don't? Lord, baby Jesus. Why don't? I want to. I want to talk about. In the end, I want to either end or like build up to the point where Matt no. talks about his amazing situation that happened to him, and Ramsey had a, a like just they're very I, comparable. I could give a shit less about mine, but I do want to hear about yours, Ramsey. Yours had to have been like something. I just wish your dad would have went. He was with me. I, I wish he would have went on the hike. Oh yeah, <clears throat> me too. Because well, that would have been your dad's top ups. I think. Oh, yeah. start, start start us off then. Start us off with what yeah. happened and right. and when it was and so unfortunately Sean had to work this past weekend and I honestly Friday <laughs> night just let me get there. Honestly Friday night I didn't even know if I was going to get up in the morning. I woke all right about noon on Friday I just started feeling like absolute crap. I mean, my nose is all plugged and I was getting a sore throat and losing my voice and I was going to go elk hunting with a friend of mine. He had a spot where I was going to try to chew the bull, and I texted him Friday, and I said, hey, man, I, I feel like crap. I'm going to stick closer to home. So I talked to my dad, and I said, hey, you want to go out and just kind of drive around tomorrow and see what's out there? And then my buddy ended up – my other buddy ended up texting me. He said, hey, man, I – obviously, he's a Canadian citizen, so he's like, I can't hunt. I just want to go with you. And just hang out or whatever. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Hunt, but not be able to hunt. Right. He's like, like I can spot for you and help you drag out whatever. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I was like, you'll sit in the back. I won't get you sick or nothing. So we get out there, and immediately your truck gets stuck, where you pull off to park the Ranger in the trailer. Mm. It just giant drift, just <laughs> stuck right there. Just serious drift, I can imagine that. And so <clears throat> finally I backed up and pulled forward enough to get it out of the way so they could get in and out and... Landowner came down and we bullshitted with him long enough that the sun's already coming up. I was like, yeah, no big deal. You guys must have showed up late if landowner was out there talking to you guys. Uh, well, it had been a couple weeks since you guys have been there, right? Probably 10 to 7. Yeah. But I told him we were coming out in the morning. Yeah. Um, you were probably still sleeping. No, I was at <clears> work. no, he texted me right away in the morning. I was at work. But um, so we went and checked the field. I had a camera on a field, went and checked it, and. We were there on the 5th of November, and that's when I put the camera out. For some reason, we didn't go that following Sunday, and on the 6th of November, there was an entire herd of elk that went right in front of my camera. <laughs> took that camera down, and you I mean, this, that one down. why'd you take that one down? Am I going to go out there again? I am. When? Oh, I guess shoulder season. Are we legitimately going out there all weekend? Yeah. Since when? You didn't tell me shit. He told me. All right. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, so I took the camera down, whatever. Right. Didn't see a deer, elk, nothing out on top. Just literally nothing. And so we're like, well. Which has been typical. Let's go down below. The last and two years. We'll, we'll go do the loop. The normal. Honestly, the last three. Like even counting the year that you shot his big deer. Yeah, we didn't. Nothing. No, there was a lot of deer on 35. There was just nothing. You're good. No, uh, There's just uh Nothing big. So yeah, we'll go do the loop down below, and as soon as we got down to the cottonwoods, elk tracks 
everywhere. I mean, this looked really? like a suit everywhere. And it looked like a 250 head herd went through there. And so we're driving along, and I'm like, some of them looked pretty fresh. I'm like, getting antsy. I'm like, we're going to see some elk. Get up over this corner, and I'm driving. You kind of have to go on a side hill, so, and it was slick, so I kind of had to pay attention to what I was doing. So I was watching the road, and all of a sudden, Dad goes, elk, elk, elk. And I look up, and here's two cows standing on top of the hill. Never seen that man move so fast in my entire. He was really? out of the ranger before. Dude, he, I had he's it like park. so hard on to shoot an elk this year. That is surprising as shit, though, that he actually said something to you when he saw elk. He beat me out. He did. He with, beat me. with a gun. With a gun. Holy shit! And th- this is kind of funny. So, I when I got in there, I had his six five because I was loading it in there, and I opened the driver door. And put it on my side just because, like, oh, we can switch it when we're driving. So I put the 7mm in there. Love Pause it. story. Why don't you have your 300 anymore? Oh. <laughs> I missed too many animals with it. So. Can did I you guys talk it? about this last week? Yeah, I don't we think we did that much, though. No. Okay, so. Can I tell it? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. I love this little story. little anecdote. I love this story. We told a little bit on the pod. We basically just said what happened. We didn't give the the situation so we were um driving uh the morning that uh chad and i actually shot elk we were driving um to a spot to go glass because that was like essentially at that point ramsey and i were both like what do we do and we couldn't get anywhere we wanted we've exhausted all of our pre elk camp scenarios that we put through and looked through on onyx and did all of our mapping and everything and I just basically like that night before I was like, because we were in town um, and I was like, we were even sitting eating dinner in town. And I was like, dude, what are we doing tomorrow? I was like, I don't know. Get back to camp, you know, later that night and we're bullshitting, bullshitting. And I go, dude, what are we going to do tomorrow? And he's like, I don't know. And then we all got in the camper and we're getting ready to go to bed. And I was like, again, I was like, what do you think we do tomorrow? And we were both like, well, hopefully we both wake up with a bright idea. And so we woke up, and I was like, I want to go glass some some ridgelines. And that was the whole scenario. So we got up. We, were, we weren't late, but we weren't early necessarily that morning. So we got up, and we were moving. And um, We kind of came to the conclusion that we were just going to kind of, and as bad as this sounds, there was a foot and a half of snow. We were just going to road hunt on the way in yeah, and then walk. And that was when we were cruising through, and Ramsey and Chad actually both had whitetail bee tags. And uh, so we were cruising through, and I spotted um, two does. I think you saw one, and the other one jumped out after we stopped. Yeah, so I spotted the first doe through the trees when we were driving, and she was just kind of standing there. And, and so I stopped, and Ramsey slams on the brakes, and I was like, whitetail, whitetail, whitetail. And uh, slam on the brakes, and he gets out, and I I was out. And uh, you know that you know that song "Waiting on a Woman." That's the story of Chad's life. Um, so we he wasn't even out of the range yet. Ramsey and I were already down the hill, and basically I pulled up binos and I went doe because at first we didn't we couldn't really tell what it, like we I just knew it was a white tail because I saw the ass, and I went doe. And so he stops on a tree and he gets set up, and I'm basically on his right about 15 yards, and I just pull the binos up and I'm looking. And she stops and I pulled a range on her. And I got, I was like, I don't think he heard me because I, when I pulled that range out and I got her, she was like 147. And I turned to look at him to say 147. 
and he was like already set up on the tree. And I, th- I think I said it, but I don't really remember. And he shot. And so right when he, I like turned and looked at him, I said it and I pulled my binos up. He shot as I was pulling my binos in my eyes. And I looked and I, when I got up, she, I mean, she just bullet looked at us and then over the hill. And I was like, I was like, dude, she didn't flinch. Like, and he goes, I didn't even see anything. He goes, it felt like a good shot. I didn't see anything. And so I was like, all right, you get back to the ranger, come around the hill and pick me up. And I'm going to go hike over and see if we can't find any blood and went over there. And I ended up bumping another two does out of there. And then went over there, and I mean, I walked a hundred yard radius around that thing. There's no blood, nothing, and it was a hundred fifty yard shot with, I mean, a gun that he has missed a lot with, but also killed a lot with. So that was just probably the the same mentality that I was in earlier this season in Antelope. Did she put her paws over her eyes? And <laughs> no, she's laughing at me. Yeah, and she ran away. It was tough. It was because that was the that would have been the third animal that you missed this year. It was the third animal that I missed this year. After I've sighted the gun in twice this year, yeah, and both times it was dead nuts. Because I, the funny thing is, is I remember um, when uh, we shot. Where did we, <laughs> we shot somewhere with that gun, and it continually shot left. It was Sven last year. And then, so we moved it back, and then I think you sighted it in again, and you said it was left again. It was, yeah. So I don't know, but I think a lot. Of, I told was bent. I told Ramsey. I think he a lot back to what Kevin said. I mean, sometimes a gun can either come without making groups or build itself to not being able to shoot groups. I don't know about that. It's it's a lot. Like I gave that three hundred win mag to my dad, and uh, I shot that thing. I put a nice. $3,000 scope on that thing. Bought the gun. It fit me good. I couldn't hit a goddamn target with it. I mean, Dave had it zero dead, dead on. I just, me and that gun just didn't get along. That's exactly where I was. You know, not to go down a rabbit hole, but just a quick thing that I saw on Facebook was a guy um, on that Hunting Montana reached out and just, like, asked questions about certain um, uh, brand of ammo because he had bought a Tika 6.5. Um, and I can't remember what uh, exact model it was or what, but he said he couldn't get it grouping with, uh, he, the only thing he could get a grouping with was a 130 grain, um, Remington core locks. And he goes, nobody in Billings has core locks right wow, now. They're super hard to find. Well, and, well, but that 300 Dave, Dave shot a group within the size of a 50 cent piece out of 15 shots and yeah. a 50 cent piece. On a lead sled and everything. So, I mean, and, the guns. And, and and I can't hit the fucking paper with it. So. I don't know. But that I, that, I feel like for in Ramsey's case, though, that's like a totally, like, it's just a different, Um, I don't know how long you hunted have you, with that gun. Have you got anything with that gun ever? Yeah. He shot his cow with it. Shot both that's the it. cows and, and my antelope, my big antelope. So you had that gun when you were with Matt a couple years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. he had that gun when he shot that cow the same year. But you missed the first time, though. That cow? No, I hit her the first time and didn't think I hit her, and I missed the next three right, shots. That's right. He's had, I don't know if what is going on with Ramsey, but he's had a weird thing going on this year with shooting. Well, we'll, Cause we'll ta- get in that. Because he talked he talk so much shit about now, me missing. Now he, but I never wounded anything. All right, whatever. He cleaned, like, everything he shot at this year, absolutely, like, feet had to have missed it. Like it was, it was weird. Side note, you know what's really weird for me? 
I haven't even pulled my crosshairs up. Like, I haven't even pulled my scope up on an animal this year. That's really, like, bizarre. Neither have I. So, more of the story that Sean just <laughs> Not told. Not my crosshairs. Oh, whatever. More of the story is... A is what I'm saying. I sold that gun to my boss and went and bought a... Um, I bought a Bagara. Same thing, 300, because I have so much ammunition for it. I thought it'd be silly to not keep the same gun. Ended up getting a really sweet deal on this gun, put a nice Leopold scope on it. Might switch to a Maven later on, but for now, it's it's just a really clean, really good gun in there. They're guaranteed to one MOA at 100 yards. So Anyway, so... So that takes us back to your real back story. to my original story. And what? So without your three hundred, someone else owns it. You don't have your three hundred sighted right. in. I didn't have the new gun sighted in yet because I just didn't have time. Which sounds like we'll have time this weekend. Um. Ended up, I brought Dad's seven mm, and Dad brought his six five. So I, was like, I knew the seven mm was dialed in. Went and sighted it in when I sighted my three hundred in two or three weeks ago. Um, so anyway, I ended up putting the six, five on my side for some reason, because I was going to change it later on, but it just never happened. So we see these cows and dad takes off of the seven mm cause it was on his side. And I made sure that I, I loaded it, whatever I get halfway up the hill, just about to where I'm going to crest it and be able to see these elk. And I go to put a shell in guns, completely empty and it doesn't have a sleeve or anything on it. So I have no shells. So I literally just turned around and walked back to the ranger and sat there until dad and Levi got back. Ended up the the elk had moved too far and dad wasn't, it was there about 600 yards and dad wasn't comfortable taking a shot. So I never actually heard though, where did they go from where? um, To Narnia. The old Narnia that we can't hunt anymore. Oh, they did go in there? Yeah. Oh. Uh, where, and then there's more to this story that'll blow your mind even more. So we went driving around, went up on top, looked down all the fingers, didn't, haven't seen a deer one this entire time. It's about, oh, I don't know, 10 o'clock. Dad and Levi have been glassing hillsides and stuff this whole time. And, and dad looks at me and he goes, hey, there's this road, the road or the, the big coulee up behind the dam. He says, there's a lot of tracks going up in there. We should drive over there. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, we literally call us pretty much no deer coulee because I've never seen a deer in there. In the and you and I years. have walked in there several times. Yeah, I've walked in there. Don't know how many times. I've walked in there uh, several times myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we drive to where you have to stop because there's a big ditch in front of you. You can't get through it with the ranger. And I stopped and looked up, and there was two bucks. Just little, little three by three and a little three by two. A few does, and I'm sitting there looking at them, and I couldn't see one of them. And I was waiting for him to step out. Well, in that time, Levi had stepped out of the ranger. And kind of walked to the left a little bit. And I'm looking at him, and all of a sudden I see his eyes get huge. And I'm like, looking at him weird. And he's like, Ramsey, get out of the ranger. I'm like, what? And he's like, big buck. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, Dad, hey, go. And he's like, I can't get through this coolie. You go. And I was like, all right, whatever. Because he was beat from chasing the elk. Right. So... Dad had made the decision because a lot of people have been giving me shit. We'd be like, oh, why didn't you let your dad shoot it? Well, it was it was a pretty hefty climb to get where you'd been able to have a shot. So I come around 
there's a big rock in front of the ranger and he's like just walk up behind this rock and pop up well he heard me getting out of the ranger and he kind of ran a little bit so i was like shit i don't know because there's a property line and i wasn't 100 percent sure how far back in there i could go and it turns out it's way at the end. I was fine no matter where I was. So one thing though that I want to I want to ask you is that first moment that you laid eyes on it had well, no idea how big it was. When you saw it, you didn't no clue. Was it through naked eye or was it through glass? Glass, but all I could see was like the front of his shoulder and back. I couldn't see his head. And so at this point, I'm going on word of mouth from what Levi said. So I get out. And I get up on that rock, and he's starting to run away. And I'm like, shit, we need to get a little closer. So this coulee, I mean, it's no joke. It's probably 30 feet like this, straight down, and then straight up the other side. It's probably 10 feet wide. So I'm trying to find a way down. I'm like, fuck it. So I just sit on my ass and slid down in the snow to the bottom (laughs) and crawled my way out of it. And I get to a big deadfall tree that had fallen over, and I see a flash of antlers in the trees. And so I lay down, and all I can see is about this much of his horn. Which is about 12 inches, what Ramsey's showing. And I could kind of tell he was a decent buck, and I'm like, yeah, it's second to last weekend, you know. I was like, I'll shoot it. So I get down and shoot. Had a perfect broadside shot, shoot, and he runs off. I'm like, shit. And he he can't go anywhere because it's like 30-foot rock walls. How far was that first shot at, did you say again? Probably 200 yards. 200 he runs a little bit, and I still can't see his horns. All of them. I can see that he has horns, whatever. So he runs a little bit, and he's still not sitting quite still. And I shot two more times. The third one, I, I dead to rights thought I hit him. And then the last shot, he was kind of trotting a little bit, and I was just like, well, I want to make sure I get him. Missed four times. They got out. Well, they kind of disappeared and went around a corner, and I'm like, shit, they must have been able to get out in that backside where we can't see. I look at Levi, and they said, yeah, I'm going to lose sleep over that tonight. I'm like, I've never missed four times in my life. Like, this this sucks. And he's like, well, let's stay up high, and we'll follow their tracks. Because I saw one doe kind of double back on us, and she was up above us on the ridge. And I'm like, yeah, let's just follow their tracks and see if he's in that group. So we're walking back, and we're up on this hillside up where you can see the whole canyon from right next to where the rangers parked. And I see these two does walking up, and there looks like one spot where they can get out, and they're headed straight for that spot. So Levi didn't see him, so I'm like, hey, 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 stop, whatever. And I lay down, and I'm looking at these two does, and they stand there and stand there and stand there, and finally I'm like, if he's rutting, he'd be moving. He wouldn't be stopped, you know. So, like, he's not in here. He got up over the top, whatever. So, I start walking towards Levi, and Levi looks at me, and he goes, stop, stop, stop. And I look over, and all of a sudden, I see horns coming out of the trees. And this is the first time I've actually got, like, full out in the open look at him, and I, like, butterflies in my chest immediately. I'm like, holy shit. So, I get down, and get ready find a good log you know i'm laying down everything solid tight whatever but he's still walking and i didn't want to take a walking shot well i'm 40 yards away from levi at this point and, and he just in the know-how because he's hunted a lot he goes the thing stops dead in its tracks put the crosshairs right in the sweet spot shot 
didn't hear a thwack or nothing, but he jumped like 10 feet in the air and turned and went back downhill. And about two seconds later, I heard a big crash. And I'm like, okay, I think I hit him on that one. So Levi's 40 yards above me, looks at me, and he gives me two thumbs up. And I'm like, no way. And at this point, Dad had started walking towards us. And he's like, I was counting your shots. I figured you were either out or needed one more. So I brought shells. And I'm like, well... <laughs> It's a good horn move. I'm like, well, I'm going to need some more because I don't know if he's dead. He went into some small trees where I couldn't see him, whatever. And we gave him about 15 minutes and kind of walked over there. And Dad couldn't get to us. He's like, I can't climb up this fucking mountain that you guys are standing on. I was like, well, I'll just go back to the ranger and get my backpack and kind of head up that draw, and we'll just meet you over there. Well, in that time, Levi saw him in the trees, and he's like, he's he's dead. He's on his back. His feet are in the air. He's not moving. Walked up to him and just mind blown the entire time. I mean, I didn't. I knew you're saying that because you've had such a rough oh, last couple been, of years, both of you out there trying to find a mature deer. Now, granted, you saw some during archery, but like rifle hunting, it's been really tough. And you guys aren't, you know, like we've no, talked about that. This. That's what I was actually going to chime in though is uh, like as far as camera footage goes, yeah, we found we had pictures of some mule deer that would absolutely be Shooters. what we want. Now, I think, I don't think in all of even archery season in leading to now, we saw a deer with our naked eye that was a shooter. Okay. We haven't. I saw one, but it was when I was by myself that Monday of Labor Day, the one that I shot at and missed with my bow. Um, that's That's why it's kind of like, and the thing was, is like we look back, we had a lot of footage of these of of deer, and we we're like that we we don't have never that. seen that deer. We don't have footage of him. I mean, I, I have we have that place so camered up. You figured at least you know he'd walk through at least one of the cameras. And that's what but. we were trying to like. We were talking about it was like even last year, there was no distinct deer that uh, like brought on the personality that that was the deer from this year. And I think this goes back, this is actually where you can bring in a cool conversation piece of, you know, when Sean brought up the mule deer migration stuff, then things are moving so much. And and I think what what's cool is Matt saw a buck the other day that was by himself, and it was a mature deer, big mature deer. And he was just nose on the ground. There was nothing else out there, and he was just literally sc scrounging the hills looking for does. Now think if he didn't find a really good hot doe that he was interested in, he could have gone for miles. Well, it wasn't that far from our borderline though. That was the problem. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. oh, this buck that came in Those the Ramsey things. shot could have been, well, 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 boils back to the, the, the same bucks that were on the other property line that you've been chasing for how long finally gets on a hot doe dad, dad gets the buck i mean he finally cro crossed crossed that, over the fence that was the deer that we thought was going to be the the guy out there this yeah year. like he was going to be the one running doe is that a four by four or three by four he's, a, he's, he's, he's a, got weak friends but he's a four by yeah. four yeah and then so i mean we were like the whole time we never saw this deer i think i saw him with you me and riley saw him do you once. think the buck yeah, that, that's do you probably. think the buck that bill shot is the same buck we've seen that day with the client yes it is 100 percent. are you sure yeah because i because he he was a lot heavier and bigger on the ground there was no ground shrinkage on him no and what, what i'll say and, and sorry to cut you off on your story but i was in this weird place where the, hunting that property this year 
I had to hunt sections because I'd go through miles and miles and miles and miles and miles of no deer. And so, you know, my with my camera work and stuff like that, I knew where there was a couple big bucks hanging out. And I'm talking like big, like what Ramsey shot, like 165 plus, you sh- 175 You've seen one plus. shot, didn't you? Yeah. And so I ended up finding the six by four that I had been getting on camera forever. And I would glass him up. He'd be on the neighbor's property, right? And so I'd watch him every morning just to see if maybe he would, a hot doe would bring him over here. It never happened. One morning I wake up, go out there and watch the neighbor kill him. That was like the biggest down I've ever had because it was just like, I felt like I put so much work into trying, you know, like I was the one who found this deer, you know what I'm saying? And then for to watch a guy like just drive into a field and shoot the deer was just like so anticlimactic and like it, it, in my in my mind, I wanted it to be like a hunt, you know. Someone needed to hunt that deer. He needed to be like, I don't know. And it was just so like it was disappointing. And then there was two other bucks. There was one that was a giant four, like probably the biggest one we saw, and he had like five inch cheaters on his one right side. It was crazy looking deer. Ram- Ramsey and I um, from El Camp have. Uh a lot of stories about what you just were saying about how you want that animal to be hunted from our elk camp. I mean, it was essentially they heard about it a little bit on the podcast that will come out this week, but I don't know if you guys know that there was a, I mean, a definitely a, a shooter bull in the area that we were hunting shot 200 yards off, off the road from where we, our camp was. Right. And that kind of gives you that same feeling or just like, dude, I've been hunting my ass off. I've been hiking. I've been doing this just to like just watch, to watch someone. someone drive down the road. Oh, it's just killer. And then uh, the same thing happened with, uh, I, I mean, really I, nice wouldn't, mule deer. I wouldn't count the third mule deer. Um, as Did you guys see more elk or mule deers when you guys were hunting? Elk, for yeah. sure. <laughs> see, same see, for us. <laughs> see, see, it kind of was the same. There was like a 370 class bull but, that these other guys would shoot that Riley's seen, what, twice? We saw deer... All the time, but you'd see one deer, two deer, three deer. The biggest herd we saw. Um, six? Was there six in it? No, there's only four. Because there was two. There was a buck on open the first morning. So we got up there Wednesday night, and it was Thursday morning. We were cruising up, trying to get to our spot that Ramsey and I had mapped out um, on top. And we came across. Um, Heaviest three by three I've ever seen. Did you guys have that really warm spell, that really warm no, sunny day? No. It was cold. Edge. I don't think it got warmer. Which day was that, Riley? 20? It was the guy it was, the second it, day. It was the day after uh, the, the like blizzard. Storm. Yeah, it was up there. Yeah, we had a blizzard on a Monday. That Tuesday, the sun was shining. It was just. Wow. Yeah. I'll tell you. We saw two deer all day. I'll tell you, this, no is, this is the story on that, that muley that we saw. This three point was heavy. And. The backstory to him was is Chad was with us and we went Chad. Chad doesn't Chad shot mule deer, and uh, I said Chad, that's a good, that's a really good mule deer, you know. Like, and he goes, ah, you know, and Chad was up there to hunt elk, and the next day or even that evening hunt, Ramsey and I both looked at each other and went, if I could go that? back to that, <laughs> that would. I mean, it's a typical. Heavy three hindsight now, I probably wouldn't, 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 wouldn't <laughs> yeah, it's not now. I would I mean, seriously, like the, it, it's funny because, like I said last week, it's like the like the amount of optimism that I'm sure you guys go through guiding. We that, set that up on the mountain too. that we did at Elk Camp because the whole time, like, the story was 
I'm so glad we're coming up here on a Wednesday night because we get Thursday, Friday to leave the weekend warriors away. And it's just us up here. Right. And then all of a sudden Friday night comes around and we haven't seen shit. And that optimism flips and it's like, I'm so excited because the weekend warriors are going to come up here tomorrow and push they're going to push up. everything everywhere. And then, you know, we'll have the opportunity. And like, that and was that's the same. literally exactly what happened. Yeah. And that was like the same thing with that mule deer is like, why it's like, and we, how many times do you think we said it that week it was don't uh, pass up something on the first day that you shoot on the last day. Yeah. And it was like, why did we do that? I mean, and as far as weekend warriors goes, it's kind of the same thing out there. Like I'm driving, I'm going to my honey hole. Who the fuck's coming out of my honey hole? But Chum Lee, I'm like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Like, like I'm elk hunting. You know, I'm elk hunting. You're in my honey hole. And he's like, yeah, but there's deer back there, you know? And, but it's like, God damn it. I can't, you know, which he done a really good job. It's his first year soloing. Done a phenomenal job. 44%. But we showed him too many goddamn spots. <laughs> go to this spot. If everything else fails, go to this spot. Well, he remembered. First day he goes to the spot. He remembered all eleven fails. You know, because I'm like, and then I get on the road and I'm following him, and finally I pass him, and then I let him pass me again, and I'm like, okay, he's gonna go left, we'll go right. This will take us back into these big canyon breaks. I know there's elk back there. Fucking range right in front of me hangs a right. He's going back out there. But are you shitting me? Now I got to take my guys to the shit spot because that was he a, took them to my honey. That was a Ricky Bobby moment, wasn't it? It was. Slingshot engage. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I in a way that happened, I guess. I, I just covered a lot of ground. I don't know. Uh, to finish my story. Oh, you weren't done? Well... I just want to add a few things. Something that we've talked about before. Doing it alone would be really freaking cool. But having my dad there made it. It'll, Your dad's been there for every big buck you've been killed. Well, except for the one in I. The one up in uh, Bitterroots. But. But, but the only shit thing about doing it alone, like we'll get to my story here in a minute, but none of you three fuckers would believe it if I was by myself. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, results hey. results go a long ways. Hey, that gal, did you see that gal in uh, Hunt Montana shot that freaking giant muley at like a thousand twenty four yards? Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. It was crazy. Um, but long shots are my future here. <laughs> in a way, we had we had sh- like it's, I don't know about you guys, but we had some pretty shit weather. Oh, it was that week. We were it was like in a normal year, it felt like you could be like, oh, it snowed for three days and we can get back to like the whole time I was up there. It was just like snow, 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 snow. You know how many times that we like, like that first Thursday, because like where we wanted to hunt was on top and going up there, um, you know where that like uh, that little shack is up on top. We made it probably 200 yards past that and went, we don't have an extra belt for the ranger. And <laughs> he's in low gear. Well, and and as far as belts goes, I mean, we had two belts taken out within a matter of 24 hours on our rangers. And it was so bad up there. And I knew I had Cameron and Emily coming on a deer hunter that I called Ramsey out of the blue on a Friday. I'm like, dude, can you get tracks on my machine? It didn't do us a whole lot of good, but <laughs> he got racks, ra- tracks on the machine. We made it, you know, a quarter of a mile. It's kind of crazy, like, when you're out there doing that kind of thing, like, how, like, connected you still are with, like, Ramsey and stuff. Like, just for us to be able to, like, call him, count on him to do that when we needed him. 
And, uh, I mean, it would have been really amazing if it hadn't worked out, but, um, it did work out though. Yeah, it did. In the end. You know, what's funny was when we were up at L camp is like Ramsey normally is the one that like, like Riley will Snapchat me or text me, but like Ramsey's usually the one that stays in touch with you guys when we split for hunting and where we went, which is awesome because it's always the opposite for me is Ramsey had no service ever. It was so nice up there. And so like we literally did not have conversation with the two of you guys for a long time. At least seven days. It felt like like three weeks. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I remember I tried calling you once and then I you know, I I sent you the voice. I'm a fucking mom though. I like that's my problem. So I'm always like worried about you guys. Well well the big thing is is the snow came in and I know how fucking cold it got where we were at. And I'm like, did they make it in with the camper? Did Full they, disclosure, they Matt. I had it at least 91 degrees in the camp the first time we were there. Well, but, we were just kind of like, oh, man, I hope they're not like off the side of the road or shit like that. Be, because our our whole hunting trip, our whole hunting trip was solid fucking problem after problem after problem. Or mine was. I didn't have a day that we'd have something fuck up. Not one day. I, I will say I pulled a Sean. And I was trying to split some wood for the wood stove and about cut my thumb off. Yeah, see, this is the kind of stuff you have to think about. But I, I don't know, as far as like the, like I said, the 18 days I was there, I'd say like 60% of it was really like without a hitch. I mean, it does seem when you're when you're out there, and I don't know what it is, if it's just dumb luck or whatever, like you just, it seems like you're constantly adapting to the situations that keep getting thrown at you. Like like just the craziest things could happen. Well, like, well the biggest thing is, 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 it sucked, but in the same sense, it was kind of cool because I knew I had Riley I could depend on. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, like I knew I had my safety chain with me, if if that's the right word. But Like, but it, like but going it was, up to the mountains and, and getting into deep snow and knowing you got chains for the pickup in the back. Like, you know, knowing you have a way out. Because the first day I get back, he calls me. I'm stuck on the hill. I slid backwards. I'm jackknifed in the road. Oh, this is more of a story than you're making it. That was, that was one of the scariest shit that's ever happened. Not ever happened, but... Basically, we're going to talk about the fact that a fluke thing happened to Dave. His A-arm completely snapped on him. And it made it basically like a boat anchor. And we had to just leave it in the woods. Like, there was nothing we could do. I couldn't get it. You know, I went out there a couple days later. I tried to get, uh, you know, I tried to strap up the A-arms to try and get it fixed. And didn't work. Well, in the end, I got it fixed. We go to start it to get it out of there. I had to fix it in the field. Go to start it to get out of there, and the battery's dead. Oh, nice. So I'm like, okay, typical. One of the old didn't turn the key too quick. Yeah, yep. And so I didn't have jumper cables. I didn't have a battery box. So I was just like, well, I want to hunt. I don't want to ruin this for anyone else. You know, We have enough rangers to get around. It doesn't matter. So um, our good friend Alan Taylor that was you know on the podcast with us, not in – uh, May, he was there and he's like, I said, do you want to just hang out with me tonight? Like, we'll drive the truck in with the jump box. We'll get started. Well, the jump box that Dave had was trash. Didn't jump it at all. So we're like, shit, we're already way back in here and there was a trailer there from when Dave and I tried to get it earlier in the week. I was like, well, let's try this. We're already here. I'm going to put the trailer on the pickup. We're going to get down below it and we're just going to, we're just going to push the Ranger onto the trailer. Which is harder than you could imagine. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got it on there after like 30 minutes. 
and we're just we're happy to have it. We're ready to go back home, eat. It's been a long day. It's like nine o'clock. We're ready to just go. And there's you know there's a long ways to get back to the main road, and it's on a, um, I don't know, like it's it's a it's a doze two track. It's a doze two track, really. It, it, it's just a shitty two track. It's a Ranger trailer. trailer yeah, I mean, and so I hit you know there's one hill that Matt always tells me to look out for, and it's it's called the divide. And I know if I can make it up that, then we're good. You know, especially like when we have muddy weeks or like something that like, that's always the one where you want to have a little more speed. And if you can't make it up that, then you're screwed. Made it up with no hitch, like nothing wrong. Like it was just easy to get right up there. So Alan, Alan and I are just BSing all the way. Like we're having a good time telling stories. And uh, I get the to the last, literally the last hill. And it's not even, I guess it, looking back on it, it's, it's steeper than you think it is. Um, but I didn't think anything of it and I'm all, all, you know, just headed to the top and I'm going like a good speed and all of a sudden I can feel it just lose traction, but it wasn't like, I'm like, er, er, you know, like urching up the hill. It was like, I lost traction and all of a sudden I started going backwards, like while I was giving it gas and I was like, Oh fuck. So I go to get like to reach for some brakes or something. No brakes. Like I have no, like brakes do nothing. Just locks it up. So I'm like, fuck. And I rolled down the windows and I had that trailer with the Ranger on there. So in my mind, at this point, I'm freaking out because, like, it's not my truck and it's not my Ranger. And the Ranger's brand new. And I'm going straight backwards. So I was like, I'm going to do all the best I can because I know, you know, on Icy Hill, like, I know that it's, like, highly unlikely that you're going to keep it straight going down. Well, I got it as straight as I could, man. I never, like, once saw the trailer shifting. Right as I get to the bottom, like, third of the hill, it, it finally hit, like, a bump or something. The trailer goes and... I got lucky as shit because it kind of went into the bank a little bit right as I like just, I floored his truck and it like sunk it in and we just stopped. We just stopped in the middle of the road and uh, it, I was jackknifed a third of the way up the hill. And it was like, like, first of all, I'm just like, oh my God, like what the fuck? And again, I was like, I just could have just ruined someone else's stuff that wasn't mine. That was what I was most concerned about. I wasn't really worried. Like, I mean, you could have got hurt, but it wasn't like. Not not nothing life threatening. Yeah, and uh, and obviously also we just didn't want that to happen. We were already ready to go home, so I had to call um, someone to get us out. And we ended up getting out, um, but it was just one of those things where it's just like God, you never know. I met like all the way to the interstate with the chains for my pickup when he called me to tell me he was on the road. Yeah, well, the guy that came brought his F one fifty, and we're like, "There's no fucking way you're gonna pull us out." Well, he put on tons of chain. And he was on top of the hill, but he, he, he would have never pulled me out of there. But what he did was he like yanked me straight instead of enough to where I, I was like, dude, just stop. Like, we're not, we're going to make this dangerous. We're going to, I'm going to pull you down the hill with me, <clears throat> but I got it to where the, the trailer straightened out. So no longer was the trailer pinned against the bank. I could dump the Ranger off the trailer and that's exactly what we needed. We got the Ranger off the trailer he hooked me up. I don't even know if I needed him because, like, literally without that Ranger on there, I just hooked right up, got off the icy stuff, and drove right out. But it was just, like, one of those things, like, when you're out hunting out in the woods where you're just, like, something can happen so quickly. And uh, that was a down. You know, that was a downtime. It was stuff like that that, like, you have to adapt to. And, and you can either quit doing that. You know, I talk about this all the time. I grew up in the pinnacle. To me, the pinnacle of hunting was also always becoming a guide because that means you know, like, what you're doing. You made um, it. Yeah. And so, like, it's been a dream of mine. And it's something that, like, you know, I tell Matt all the time. I mean, I I tell him I, I could do it for free because I love it so much. Not that I won't. I mean, you know, <laughs> you don't have to make it do it Next for free. Year. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
because it's just so much like, dude, you get a hunt for 18 straight days. It's amazing. And, and it was just one of those things where it's like you either adapt and figure out how to make, get past the situation you're in or just quit it. Just quit. Just quit and, and go home. I saw a lot of deer, saw a lot of cool deer. I mean, I saw, I saw a one by three that was like 28 inches wide. Like just the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Jeez. And I don't know what it is. It? I just, I have zero like ambition to shoot mule deer anymore. It's really fucked up. I don't they, know what it is. You know, we. I can show you a mule deer you just shot. We, uh, we definitely went through those kind of same deals. Um, the one time that. Was that Sunday? When the log ended up, oh yeah, that was a lot of fun. so. Jesus, Christ. I think that was Sunday. We basically like we tried our one route to get on top to hunt, and then it didn't work. And we didn't hunt that the rest of the time. But there's a cut across that you can take. Okay, I'll, I'll explain it to Riley so he knows where we're at without name dropping anything. So above, you could say names. I don't think people would like understand above Whitetail. Okay, the cut across before right the gravel pit. Yep. You take that left and go yep. back up in there. And you go, and first of all, we get up, you know, where the corner where the drift is where you rolled my four wheeler? Yeah. There's a guy in a pickup in front of us, gets stuck six times. He tried Did literally. You help him? No, Fuck no. No, he literally was trying to go up the hill and he'd stop halfway, roll back down, and he didn't even have the decency to let us go around him. So finally, which he should have because you no, could have cut No, no, finally, I fucking, he got stuck one more time and I passed him in the deeper snow. You guys are dicks. I was I was like, dude, I I can literally like yeah, Ramsey got that Ramsey got that look in his eye though because the guy like came rolling back and he's just like, I, I just hear Ramsey put on the brake, low gear, and just <laughs> fucking right around him. I'm like, Jesus! And then, so we first of all, he was actually he turned around. He turned around up top where the snowmobile trail cuts across. Yeah. And we kept going. That's a dumb place to bring a truck. Any at oh, any I know. Point of the year. So you know the trail that goes all the way down. To the oh shit hill with the mud hole in the yep, bottom of it, yep. and we we are literally two hundred yards from the oh shit hill, and we're driving down the road, and there's a log. I'm not shitting you, two feet wide tree falling over right in the middle of the road, and you know how narrow the trees are in there. Did you winch it out? No, it was too big. We I we would forgot have snapped the rope. That was the one day, and that I'm we downhill. Didn't, we didn't have the chains. I don't know, Matt. And know. I have winched out some pretty big fucking. Right, logs. I was yeah. downhill in a foot and a half of snow. Yeah. Like I was breaking trail. So you couldn't you couldn't back up the hill. Uh, if I backed up, I'd have just spun out. No, and that was the thing is like we didn't have the chainsaw, and we're like, I had and, the cover for the chainsaw, <laughs> and we were like looking, and we were like looking, and we're like, we all got how, out, we're like, how do we turn around? Like there's no like because it's just trees. So. I know dad doesn't necessarily listen to the podcast. I uh, turned the ranger into a chainsaw. Not really. It was new growth. It was tiny. They, I mean, they four foot tall. Trees. And it wasn't any worse. This than is the crazy did. thing, though, is because Ramsey was still in the ranger, you know, nose to the log. And Chad and I got out and we were like looking to try and figure out what we could do. And there was a set of tracks, the width of a ranger that went around the log and then came straight parallel with the log and then turned and then went down the hill. But had to have been a single cab. It because looking at it, there was like there was a full, I mean a full fucking tree. And you could have went around the log, but there was another log perpendicular to that one going. <laughs> and I'm like looking at these tracks and I'm like, I told Chad, I was like, this has to be a four-wheeler. 
Like somebody drove in like this and then did one of these and then went. And he goes, those those tire too tracks wide. are too wide for a four-wheeler. And I was like, and I'm like looking at the trees in could the have area. Could a razor too or something like that. Well, they're none I of think the, a ranger's too, a razor's too wide. None of it was a, literally the same exact width as the ranger. And none of the trees to get around that log they were had to have been bent down. Cab. I don't know. And and so I was like, or we maybe could, even a midsize. I was like, Ramsey, if you think you can, because like the one tree that was in the way was probably. I mean, it was like, it would have been a decent Christmas tree. It really would have. And I was like, I don't know. We ran over quite a few fucking trees. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you know, I was like, how froggy are you feeling? Because I could push that thing over, and you could get a tire over it, and we could try it. And he ended up just basically pulling left and just running into a bunch of like the new growth trees that were like four feet tall. And he just hit them, you know, and kind of went over them and then backed up and did like a 174 point turn. <laughs> no, dude, it was, it was even cooler than that. There was a log on my left wheel and I like turned and it caught that left wheel and just pulled the front of the ranger right back into the track. Yeah, I've seen that happen before. I was like, dude, that was sick. <laughs> and then we were looking, we were like looking and it's just up. And we're like looking at it. We're like, are we gonna get out of here? And I was like, well, if we get if we get stopped in the middle of the hill, hopefully you can get the ranger to stop, and then we're just gonna leapfrog leapfrog our way out of here. The winch. I mean, that's the only thing that's like a bummer about the cruise. There's such a long wheelbase. Like like hills are sometimes like kind of. It was literally like you an know, oh shit no, no, moment. No, it's the son of the bitch because your ass thing comes out from underneath. Yeah. yeah, I remember one time hunting with my buddies up in the in the mountains. It was so slick, and it was a side hill. And we were just driving along, and all of a sudden, the whole thing started sliding down in the ditch. The three of us had to get out and push the truck up the hill as he kept driving. Yeah, it's like the one thing that you like. You can, if you're spin out going uphill, there's many things you can do to get out of the situation. Even downhill, if like you like something happens, but the second that that ass end starts to go sideways, that's when shit gets fucking. That's when real. I pucker. That's when like you can roll that motherfucker. And and as long as you can stay away from doing that. Deja vu. Well, I made my guys get out first. I'm like, you guys get out. I said, we're, we're done. Well, what do you mean? I'm like, get out and get your shit. They're like, oh, shit, he's serious, you know? And I'm like, get out. And then the ass then started going some more. I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do this, but somehow he's going to have to hook that winch to me, but he's going to have to get farther over so he can winch me back up right. to winch me out of there. Do you know what the... Funny thing is, those. And I called you that next morning and told you to get me trapped. <laughs> Casey got his yeah. truck down that. Dude, some people. He brought a chainsaw, though. Well, and, and weight has a lot of stuff to do with it, too. A lot of, but that was like the shitty thing is because, like, there was some good animals up on the top of the mountains out there. And we were 14, 16, 18 inches of snow, maybe 20 inches of snow. Oh, shit, kept I, was breaking, I was breaking drifts with my windshield. Yeah, I mean, it was drifting, too. So like, and then you had no windshield wiper. Yeah. So was the snow soft? No, it was... It, no. Well, that hill... That it hill, was hard, but soft. It was like... Like how had the crust on that? top of it? Yeah, like yeah. snowmobiling in the little belts. That, that hill right after camp that we went up multiple times? Yeah. Was that very bad? The one that Sean hates? Yeah, I fucking hate that guy. No, that You're, was actually the easiest part of the whole goddamn no, thing. No, that was easy. Everything else, well, your butthole would have been puckered. Yeah, I bet. You would have hated it. Well, yeah, my fucking... I had a tight ass the whole time because the it was muddy when we were there, and it was like going... Oh, I, I, the mud, I, mud is way worse. I'm going to be honest with you. I would rather have two feet of fucking snow yes. well, just going up and down. Just because you can't go there. nowhere. Then the mud... Who broke trail on that hill first? Not me. Hell no. This guy... <laughs> I I also don't love it too because the, the first thing Dave says is there's too much snow you cannot go up on top I would not suggest you go up on top I'm like boys we're going up on top <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is is like 
it was funny. It was it was funny at the turkey hunt because it was like, you know, I was like the whole time. The first time we went up that, I was like, oh, son of a bitch. I'm like, this is gonna be fun going up. We went up and down it five fucking times, and then the one time when somebody decides to shoot a fucking bear up there, and we're coming down, and at that point, you know, I had had a few beers, and I was like, I'm good, you know, like, you know, whatever. But when the guy that's the crazy son of a bitch in the Ranger driving goes, oh, shit, <laughs> that's the point when I was like, we're dying. We're going to die. Like, I've, been, we're dead. I've been driving and riding side-by-sides ATVs since I was like... Since you know, I came out. Since I was born. And this guy's a fucking savage. I can't... There's some of the shit, and I'm just like, dude... We're going to probably either die today or get to one of the coolest places on this ranch because this is... I feel I like this. dancing with the devil is not... Well, and I, you hated, you, you're the one that fucking said, take me somewhere I've never been. That's what you fucking asked me. I took you somewhere no, but that nobody's was, that was ever easy. been. That was easy. I'm talking about, like, I hate I hate your one road that you drive up that spine and get to where they, they funnel up through that canyon. I fucking hate that road. And every time I go up it, I just close my eyes. Yeah, but you know it. why? You know is why that the one? You know why you've never it? been up it? You know why is he it does it next to camp, kind of. Yeah, I've been. I fucking hate it. You so know why much. he does it? But because he's done no, it. No, he does it because it's a good fucking no. spot. Well, yeah, but <laughs> he's did, done it. Were we not in bowls? Not only did we jump the bowls, but I'm like, we're gonna get back in front of them. Did we not get in front of them five fucking times? We yeah. went there with uh, with Chad. And yep. Dad. Yeah, because he's yeah, so, done it so many times successfully that the one time he does it badly, he's gonna be like, yeah, we probably shouldn't go up there. When but it's your bad. favorite road, I will tell you. Um, in the dark, on one of the, the last nights of one of my groups, we had two guys killed there in shitholes. I had to drag him out of shitholes in the dark. He was going to take him out one at a time. I'm like, no. no, you're Well, not. I was going to just drop the deer and the coolers and take the, the clients down and then come up by myself and pack it up. And Because I had two deer, I had two coolers, and I had four guys <laughs> coming off that hill, dude. I was I was actually pretty sketched. So I just put ACDC on the radio and, and blasted it. And just I was like, just going down the hill, and I'd be like, creep. Creep, creep, creep. You know, okay, so to basically get into, because you guys haven't heard our, our elk story from camp. This is actually, a, you guys will appreciate the story. That So uh, essentially, I'll, I'll tell you all the really juicy details of it, and, you know, when once this gets over. But this, as far as what happened was, is when we spotted those elk um, on that hillside when I, like we, because we saw a bunch of tracks, right? And we went down. We were looking in the flats, whatever. And I just happened to turn around, put my elbow on the razor, and glass the hillside above us. Saw a cow and a calf, and I nonchalantly, apparently, which I don't, I don't remember this part. He literally was looking through binoculars, and he went, "Ramsey, I got a cow and a calf." <laughs> <laughs> I guess I did that. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Um, and so we started hiking after him, and. Uh, it was about a two and a half mile hike straight up, and they were on the basically the other mountain. We were and, a ridge over, and we wanted to get parallel with him before we made a plan. And this is like where Ramsey and I collabed like never before in this scenario because we're sitting there and we're looking at it, and we we uh, want to thank I want to thank Chance. Um, for this awesome tool that I never oh, line thought distance. of. Oh, yeah. Um, and I... I actually use that quite a bit, too. Yeah. And I ranged where... Because when we got up on top, we were about parallel with what we thought where that cow and calf was when we saw them. 
and uh, glassed her up, right? And so I did a range on her from there, and she was like 850 or something like that. And so I did that line distance and zoomed in as far as I could on Onyx and basically pinged her where, I mean, pro- it was probably within, I would say, 60 yards of where she was. And we kept going up, and every 10 minutes, Ramsey and I would stop. And I kind of, like, I, I said this last week, but I felt bad for Chad because Ramsey and I were just like, with the phone out, you know, just like doing our thing. Like, what do we do? Like, how do we stock these? How do we, how do we make this stock? And right. like, doing all, and Chad was just so awesome because he was like, didn't ask questions. He's just like, okay, yeah. And, uh, and, um, basically, so like, we, Ramsey and I would stop and we'd look at Onyx and be like, okay, that's our, that's our waypoint on her. I was like, okay, we're going to go up here. We need to try and get up above, I guess, because it was basically like meadow. And then what the hillside they were on was like a meadow. And then it was just thicker than shit in between. And then on top was just straight timber deadfall. And it was so funny because every time we stopped, Ramsey and I would come up with a new plan because we'd get to the spot where we said we were going to go. And it was like, it's too damn thick, man. Like they're not going to see us, but we're not going to have a shooting lane. And so we'd go and we'd stop and go, fuck. We go, All right, we got to go up, get up again. And we kept going up, same thing, stop, man. Fuck, this is, you know, this is a bus spot. We can't, there's no shooting lane here. And um, we eventually stopped. And I kind of, at that point, I was like, I actually kind of felt bad for Chad because he was just listening to everything we said. And I finally like brought him over in our little group. And I was like, Chad, this is where we are. I line distance and I pinged that, that cow that we saw bedded. And this is what we're doing. And so he, you know, he was in like, yeah, yeah, let's do this, man, and whatever. And we went up and it, like, we got to the top, which was our overall plan of how we were going to get on these elk. And th- at the top, where on Onyx, it looked like it opened up enough. It didn't. It was just the th- thick deadfall, like the whole way up. And so we ended up going all the way around, following the, the deadfall. What were you doing the whole time? I was with them. Yeah. Oh. It was it was the three of us, um, and uh, what did you think I was doing? I don't know. I just this is right after I almost died on the mountain. I get, you know what? I'm just gonna tell this. I'm just gonna do it. I mean, we yeah. we we told it, but it wasn't it wasn't as funny because it wasn't with you guys. You know, um, we're hiking up, right? And this guy he's got Kuyu pants on, right? And Belmont Brothers is not affiliated with Kuyu. Um, he's got. But if you want to affiliate with Kuyu, absolutely hit us up. Um, he, there's a deadfall log with a branch that's like sticking out branches everywhere, sticking out blunt and some sharp. And I guess I was in front, Chad was in the middle and Ramsey's in the back and I am glassing the hillside trying to find these elk. And I just hear, and I'm like, I turn around and look my first thought. I seriously thought Ramsey was seriously, seriously injured because where he dropped, there was a s- chunk of stick that was sticking out that was right at his head. It went through my hat. But it went, it was like, it looked like it was in his f- in his head. And I was like, I turn around and I'm like, Chad's in my way and I can't really see, but that's the only thing I can see. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. I I'm, just watched my buddy die. And I'm like, oh my, I'm like, oh my God. And I like turn and I like peer over Chad to look at him, and I just see a 300 with his arm. He's just holding his 300 up in the air <laughs> like this. And I'm like looking at Chad, and I'm like doing like one of these. I was like, is he dead? 
I'm like, I, and Ramsey, because he didn't move. He was just holding his 300 up like this. And I was like, that's that a dead. I was like, that's a dead guy stance. Like, he is dead. And then all of a sudden, I like, Chad moves to grab his gun. And I was like, oh my God, he's not dead. <laughs> I was like, I, ser- I seriously thought like he was seriously injured. I was like, this is, and we were on the top of a fucking mountain. And I'm like, this is bad. And it's Ramsey's 6'5", 300 pounds. Yes. I was like, I'd have just fucking uh, somersault. I would have somersaulted you down the hill. And well, that, but, but that's the bad thing. I mean, not, not trying to be like a mom or anything, but people don't understand how that one stupid step can fuck a whole day up or so a whole life or a whole hunting career. I tried to swing my leg around the branch and the, one of the sticks poked through my leg and I, and I, I mean, it's like this. It's steep as shit. And I, like, went to step, and it caught my leg, and I lost my balance. And I, like, didn't have enough time to step with my other leg, and I just fell. And you should have seen the – I'll show you the bruise, but, it like, a big stump hit me right in the hip. And that's why I didn't get up for a while. It was loud. Was, I was like – it was ah. it was really loud. It was a Peter Griffin moment. Ah. And you know what was really funny is because Ramsey gets up after that. You know what he does? He looks at me and he goes, do you think they heard that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they probably definitely. Because, I mean, at this point, we figured we were probably 150 four, yards. Even, I mean, a little bit farther than that. But, yeah. And the funny thing was is, like, right after that, because the whole way up, he was having trouble and Chad was having trouble too getting up. And like after that, we're like, stopped. not from a physical standpoint, just from a, no, yeah. From like slipping, standpoint. slipping. And like he, at, right after that, we're like standing and like still like we're making a game plan off Onyx and Ramsey's like, Hey, so Sean, if you just want to hike after these things by yourself, cause clearly Chad and I can't make it up this <laughs> hill right now. Cause we just like, Chad was literally slipping out and everything. And, Dude, logs can change your fucking day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, remember when we were archer hunting that one time up there? And I went to step up on the log. And, and it I, had frost on it. And I didn't notice that. And I just fell. Like, I just instantly fell straight on my fucking bow, broke my quiver off. Like, it hurt so fucking bad. There's nothing hurts worse than slipping on a fucking log. Yeah. And I just, it was, it, I, I seriously thought Ramsey was actually hurt. And I was like, this is That's scary, really. Great. I was like, I was like, and luckily I'm a, psycho and i my pack naked without anything in it's like 40 pounds because 20 pounds of it is medical like survival equipment yeah. which i was like well it you know we can keep well, alive well, that, that was kind of our biggest thing that morning because my dad wakes up like we shoot this elk the night before not a big deal i mean wasn't a big deal i'm like we'll sleep in rams or riley can take his guys hunting we'll get up there about 10 pack this thing out do whatever he called me like at seven thirty. He's like, "Where you at?" I'm like, well, "Fuck! I'm just getting breakfast and hardened." With we already shot our deer, but your dad's up here. He wants to get this elk out now. I'm like, "Put him on the phone." He's like, "No." He, I'm like, "Put him on the phone." Riley's like, "I want to be the guy to give your dad this phone because I'm hot. I mean, I'm just pissed. I'm like, there's no reason for you guys to be up there. We got this." But it, we, I mean, we were in the badlands, like. I did not need my 70-some-year-old father up on that mountain trying to pack that out. With everything that went wrong that day, it it could have gave him a heart attack. And I ain't kidding you because he would have lost his shit. Oh, he's got bad hips, too. And all Two that. of them. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been good. No. Yeah, that's. I. Uh... But, but, I mean, in the same sense, I mean, 
it's Trapper Dave, and I mean, I should have known better to think he was just gonna not be there. You know, I don't know. My whole opinion is like, I'm not there to tell him what to do. Like, it's his business. But like at the same time, it's like I'm 27. So what you hired me to do, like, it'll be okay. Like, I I look at, and maybe this is a bad attitude to have, and I I don't know if you guys have it. But when you have an animal down, I don't ever have that feeling like, dude, we're not going to get this out. Like every time I'm just like, yeah, this is probably going to take some time. It's going to be hard. But like, I've never been in a situation where, like this is like, we're never going to leave. Like this is never going to get this out. Like, like if I have to hike a couple miles and pack like quarter in the end, you can always quarter shit out. Right. I, I'll tell you right now um, for free that uh, I have been in many scenarios in my life that I sat down on a log packing something out when I'm going to die here. And I get you that part of it. You that three times, and your cow out. And I've heard that so many times. Like, I, I've told this before. Like, Josh has told me times where he's just, him and one other guy pack out an entire elk. And it'll be like eight hours of packing it out. And he's just like, like he'll just start crying because there's just so much pain. I get that. But I, I'm what I'm saying is like I've never been in a situation where I was like, yep, there's no way we're never gonna get this out of here. It was just like, figure it out. The only thing I can say is two things outfitters has yet to back an alcohol. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that's the that was a uh, like I've always told you guys though that's my most that's my favorite part. Of, I love it too. Of mountain elk just like when Ramsey and I went and helped Josh pack his out. Like I love that. Shit. I love being oh, a part. Oh, well, I'll shoot one in a canyon this weekend. You three fuckers can pack him out. Then if you guys uh, love it that much, I will shoot one up in the bottom of the big canyon outside the Ford. I would love to dump one down there. No. <laughs> Anyways, um, I guess the only for me to end what anything I would have to say about the whole experience. There's two things that I enjoyed the most. And one of them was being out there from August and Matt and I being able to use cameras as a tool and spotting. And, you know, we did a lot of, we did a ton of hiking. We did a ton of glassing and scouting, which is like prior to any other year in my life, this was the most time in the woods I've spent ever. Like I bet I was in the woods for 45 plus days easily. Um, I've never in my life been able to hunt a spot so much that I was, I could tell you, be like, yeah, I have a picture of that deer. Or like, I've seen that deer here. Like, I was or literally. Bolt, you're going to jump a 365 in this canyon. Like, I was mapping animals because I'd be like, this thing's been living here for like three days. So I was like, I said, every time I come in here, I can see this, I can see that. And uh, it just was really, it felt, it made me feel really like good about, like, it made me feel like I've learned a lot, you know? It made me feel like I, like my skills were getting better as a hunter. And so it was cool, like I said, to see the same deer and like to see deer I saw on my camera to be like, to have an idea, like, I think he'll be here and to be like, find him there. I was like, wow, that's really cool. So that was my favorite part. Like the hunt itself, you know, that's something, like I said, like that was between me and the client. And I, I don't know, it was, it was special in that way. And I, I want to ask really- you a question on that. Do you feel like you were the hunter the whole time? Cause like when I'm guiding, I'm the one hunting the deer. I'm I'm the one. That's my deer I'm hunting. I just don't get to pull the trigger at the end of the day. Right. But all honesty, I mean, a lot of times you look over your clients sleeping or their eyes are closed or their heads bobbing because they just get put asleep in that ranger. I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, that elk hunter we had, how many times was he sleeping in the ranger? I will, I will give a props to Chad for not falling asleep one he time in the back of the ranger. Yeah. But, but the big thing is, I mean, this is your first solo year. So tell me, like, what's the biggest highlight of, of finally being able to go solo? Um, 
do you feel like you you made your own way out there? I I think that um, like my biggest thing going into this year, like I told you, I wanted to like prove myself. Like I wanted you to be like, this is the guy that like like I can trust to be out here, and that um, like I made the right decision on this person. Like it goes back to like the old Tom Brady thing where he goes up to don't fucking talk about Tom Brady. You know, Ramsey, you know what I'm talking about when he goes up to Robert Kraft and he's like, uh, "Hi, I'm Tom Brady. I'm your seventh round pick," which is. If you don't know football, it's like you're one of the last picks in the draft. He's like, I'm the seventh round pick and I'm the best thing that's ever happened to you. Like, that's how I like think about wanting to, when I'm doing something like that, that's how I think. Like, I want to like, prove myself, you know? And uh, I don't know, man. It, there's just something about mule deer. Like, I've been doing it so long. Like, that's the one thing in my life. Like, Ramsey and I, when we were, we didn't start really elk hunting a lot until we were probably, I don't know what you say, like in high school. And so I've been hunting mule deer for a long fucking time. So a lot of it came second nature. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it's, 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 uh, it's stressful. Like there's a stressful part of it because I oh, feel. Oh, it's super stressful. The first day is kind of relaxed day. Who gives a shit? Knowing you got a four day hunt, that second day you're a little bit on the edge. That third day when nobody has a deer down, you're like, you're just like in high mo and I, I i could see you that, that way with johnny because you guys barely ate lunch and you're like we gotta go yeah and it's well, like yes and no i mean it's kind of like the young bull and the old bull the young bull leaves at 12 30 to go chase a bunch of shit that's bedded down that you can't see and the old bull leaves at 2 30 and shoots the shit that you've been chasing for the last three hours yeah and i i i guess like the other thing for me was um and I don't know if I really explained this to you. Like, the, each each situation is different. So, like, let's say I had three different groups, right? The first group, I got a, I got one down on the second day. Great, felt awesome, right? And his father that was with us passed up a lot of deer. So in the end, he didn't get one. But like, I had this feeling where it was like, I put you an opportunity. I don't really feel as bad because last year I had some clients not, or you know, when I was shadowing for Dave, like the two of us would have like. I was with him when there was not deer killed. You know what I mean? And that makes me feel bad. Like that feels like I'm not accomplishing my goals. For me this year, like I was stressing and and this felt a lot like last year in a lot of ways because there was just the deer just weren't there. So I had a group and I'm talking, We I ended up taking all of them. I said, let's just all get in with me. Um, We're going to, we're going to do this together. We're going to go up on top and we're going to look for deer. And we're going to see what we can do. Cause I think, I think I can, I can help. I think I can do this for everybody. At least one of us can go home with a deer, right? 4.30 on the last night, I come up to this ridge and I said, you know, you guys can stay back. I'm just going to look over the corner, come over the hill. And there's two, two shooter bucks laying next to each other with like six does. We got them both like 4.30 on the last day, like shit like that, where it was just like, <clears throat> I'm heavy stressing. And then to have like that relief, you know, and I didn't really get that relief because we had to pull them out of shitholes in the dark, but, um, I don't know. There, I just learned a lot and being by myself, like, I think sometimes when I'm like really close to Matt out there or Dave, like I kind of like use them as a crutch in a way, They're not a crutch, but like I, I, when I'm by myself, I learn a lot more because I have oh, to, absolutely. I have to be on my own. I have to make the decision, like basically be a man about it, you know? And so like, there was a lot of stuff where I was just. I learned a lot and I feel like I advanced as a hunter instead of regressed, if that makes sense. 
But if you talk about like my favorite moment, I feel like out there, every time though that you you hunt, you have everyone to. in of every one of us in here does yeah, that. Yeah, you have to because like I mean, sure in negative aspects when you go out like archery for Ramsey and I this year, you see you see elk, you don't shoot elk. Why would you let yourself regress from that? You know? Yeah, well, it's like you know, just listening to something like Chance or whatever. Like I, you know, I was a successful archer this year. I want to be more successful next year. I want to like prove, like I just proved to myself that I'm not like a lazy piece of shit. Like I want to be better, but, but that's a whole other conversation. If you were to ask me my favorite moment from this whole guiding season, um, it would be after it snowed, like a mother, um, basically like when you came up to go elk hunting, um, every, every morning I'd go down on the river and there was just like 10 million mallards and it just, just gets me my, gets my rocks off, dude. I just love it. Watching tornado in the fields and stuff. Fuck the deer, man. Well, what did I shoot my deer on that first day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was that Sunday or Monday. One of the two. Whatever day it snowed, yeah. That's another thing I noticed, too, is, like, when you're really guiding for three weeks, you lose all track of time and, like, space. You're it's like, just another day. You're like, what fucking day is it? Is it fucking 2025? I don't even know what's going on. Now that... Because uh, the same thing, like, with my deer. So we hunted past up... We saw like a hundred elk that day. Yeah, but we passed up seven or eight good bulls. I mean, they weren't no 400s or nothing, but they were good bulls. People would like die to kill that bull, really. And uh, we get down the river and we got like 15 minutes of daylight, if even that. I mean, it was the bare minimums. And way out there, you could see two does and a buck. I'm like, I should just shoot that son of a bitch. Didn't know how big he was, but you could just tell by the way he was going that he was a good buck. The client's like, well, just shoot him. Shoot him with my gun. Yeah, because Matt's like, all I have is a 270. He's like, I'm not going to make that shot. And the guy's like, well, try this new gun I got. What caliber was that gun? It was a 6.5 PRC. 6.5 PRC. With a... With a Maven 15 by 56 scope on it. With turrets. So so he's like, how far is it? And I'm out of the Ranger. I open the door up and I'm outside the Ranger. He's like 6.92 or 6... It ended up being about 6.90. It was 6.89 exactly. So he takes a scope and he goes to 700 and he knocks it down one click. He's like, just put it on him. I'm like, so I go high. I, sh- I, I am a little higher. I go to the heart, the lungs, and I go like an inch high. Well, I got him right through both lungs high right at the top, high on both lungs. So realistically, you could have aimed right on him. But- if, I'd have, if I'd have listened to him and put the rifle right on him, I'd have dropped him. Well, I did Wait, drop, drop him. We, well, you we, did, we didn't even know. It would have been like a hard shot. And it was one of them deals where we shot, and I'm like, thinking to myself, I'm like, God damn it, I heard a smack. Like, I I personally, but I don't want to be cocky and be like, I heard a smack, you know, at 700 yards. So the other kid's like, we should drive down there. Well, I was going to drive down there anyway to make sure there's no blood. We get down there, and we come to, like, the first group of trees that I remember seeing, and there's nothing. I'm like, fuck. All of a sudden, this kid in the backseat is like, fuck, he's right there. You got him. I'm like, are you shitting me? Get over there. And it's just a stud of a, well, it, he's scored, good it scored 158 and three quarters yesterday is what he scores. I believe it. It's a good buck. Yeah. As a four point or what would what would they call that? A An eight. eight point in the South, you know? So, I mean. But his, his eye guard, his eye, his guard eye guards were, were almost, taller on the left, on his right side, his eye guard was damn near taller. Than his G2. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a cool buck. Like it was, and you know, we talk a lot about like ethics and stuff like that. And for a long, I I would personally never consider long shots most of the time. 
But this like really opened up my eyes to like possibilities of that seemed more ethical than like that guy knew his rifle. That guy knew everything about it. Like he was confident too. That seems more well, ethical well, to me well, than someone that shoots and, a hunt. And I shot somebody else's gun, never shot it before. Went off of it. It impressed me so much that I will own that gun and that scope. I, I mean, with without a doubt. And from that point on, I'm like, we see an LK in the yards. I'm not going to stop you from shooting them. And, and I, honest to God, would have let him take an 800-yard shot, as unethical as that sounds. But I guarantee he would have dropped him. Well, and it's like you see these people on the hunting page, that Montana hunting page all the time. They're like, oh, I hit a 1,100-yard shot or a 600-yard shot. And you're just, I've never understood why people like brag about it. It seems like such a weird brag. And it's like, who cares how far you shot it? Um, but like in the instant, like to have that kind of knowledge about rifles now and to see like where they've come and like how to understand your rifle more, like I said, it seems more. And, and his bullets are made to the shots. Right. Yeah, the guy make the bullets. I it was a whole thing, regardless of that situation. Um, like I said, I think it w- I feel more ethical with that guy and that gun and that situation knowing it more well than some guy that picks up his thirty out six out of the cabinet, hasn't sighted in in a year and a half, and and then drags it out to the woods and 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 tries and misses shit and wounds shit. Like I'm actually more impressed with that. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, open my eyes, like, widely. Solid dig it, Sean. No, it was zero. I literally made that whole fucking story up. Exactly. I, I did that. I forgot I you not, shot a thirty out. I did not wound anything. He didn't wound anything. Oh well, no, I'm not. I'm not saying. I was not directing that at you. I was just saying, like, I know you weren't directing him, but it was literally an exact scenario. Like, I, and that's another thing about the hunting page. I see a lot of people that are like, they hunt like one day a year, and it's like really sketchy to me. Like, it's really. So that's why I was kind of comparing it to. It was but like, but it's the same thing. My two seventy. I took it right out of the the closet. I guarantee it's dead on though. Oh yeah. Right, but like, like you shot it this year. Is my point getting across? You know nope. what I'm saying? Your bear. The spring, yeah. Is my point like you understand my point? Like yeah. I would never take that like normally, but like after seeing that, I'm like, wow that that was uh that was an experience to see that. It, it, and, I don't know. And, and going back to doing it solo, it was greater having Riley there than anybody. Oh yeah. To see the shot. To see what happened to have the deer. I mean, it was pretty. I don't get very excited very often, and I got pretty excited. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, that was. Hopefully, you carry that into this weekend. Well, and the crazy thing is, there's some big fucking white toe down there. Like, that was a big one. I've been seeing one for like five, six days that I, I should have shot, but like, I, I don't. I feel uncomfortable shooting stuff when I'm around. Like, and his situation was much different because they were just elk hunters. So, like, they didn't even have a deer tag. Um, but like when I have a deer client, it just feels weird. But I saw this whitetail. He was a fucking typical five that was easily pushing like 180, like fucking monster. Like I've never seen a whitetail like that in my life. Saw him like five or six times. Like again, it's feel uncomfortable in a way, but you know, it was, we had a lot of great memories and, um, I think we had a lot of happy people. I think, uh, I hope, I hope we made a lot of good um, good times for the people that came out. And you guys have all of your clients were good clients this year. Yeah, absolutely. No well, they're they were all all return guys, weren't they? Except for three. Yeah. So, and we that was the same same deal with us, dude. Like, I uh, even the first three day two days of that elk camp, I don't think I'd 
done anything different? Well, well, my thing is, is like I told everyone, is we lease our ranch, so that's a different scenario than what you guys were up against. But like when Riley don't see good deer out there, it's not Riley didn't see good deer. It's Dave's got a shitty lease, and he should probably get a better <laughs> lease so we can see better deer. I mean, at the end of the day, the blame's on Dave. So I, I well, mean, it's it makes and, it a lot easier at, for at, me. At the end of the day, the blame isn't even on Dave. I mean deer can appear anywhere well and just get a better lease it's still montana man montana's been tough for mule deer and, I don't, and i'm telling you your deer it's a three day and a handful of deer i've seen are mature the only mature i see people shooting dink after dink we after have two dink. more years and you guys are going to see toads yeah but we have two more years we well that drought i think stuff didn't rebound after that drought man like it just because it's like and i kept telling dave it's like i feel like we're just missing a generation of deer out here like there's a whole generation of like one-year-old to four, three-and-a-half-year-old bucks, and it's like that four-and-a-half to six-year-old deer we're missing. Yeah, but we also did the same thing in Narnia. Last year, it was the same thing. like One- to three-year-old deer. I guarantee you the biggest deer that I have ever seen at Narnia living was the one that we saw shoulder two years ago. Those oh, yeah. That group of three, like he's probably... If he's still alive, I mean, he's probably regressing now. Yeah, but he was, I guarantee you when we saw him, he was probably 175, 180. Right, but you get what I'm saying? Like, I saw four deer this year that were, that would have been Boone and Crockett. But there was nothing in between them and, like, your classic what's on the ground right here. Yeah. You know? And uh, I don't know. problem. That really is because, like, the same thing with us is, like, we saw him and... That got our hopes really high for the 2021 hunting season. And I promise you that, I mean, I didn't see a deer out there that was probably bigger than 140 inches. No. But then it's like, why are the, I mean, I guess the whitetail just don't get killed as much would probably be one of the reasonings. It's like, why are the whitetail do so good? I don't know. That's got to be, well, no one kills them. I mean, I mean, at least where, where we hunt, I feel like there's, a, at Narnia, there's a. But there's, the only question, weed, question on the whitetail is. You've seen the same buck, but it's not like you're seeing 20 or 30, 150 or 160 class whitetails. Neither. You just don't see them. It's so it's crazy to think that Montana has some big ass whitetails. They do. Like I hear a lot about like Midwest town, like states that should be like pretty good. That like they're excited if they shoot a 130 whitetail. And I'm like, dude, like we could do that every day all day long. Oh, no, we have a good whitetail. It's just everyone we book is mule deer only. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, not saying they won't shoot a monster whitetail. And then you have some clients that want to shoot nothing but whitetail, but then they don't want to sit alone. They don't want you with them, but they don't want to walk neither. So, yeah, but it's, it's, I feel like the, the one thing that we have kind of surpassed, um, overseeing at least the area that like Narnia is, um, the migration of mule deer, I think, is a lot more serious than we really think. Oh, yeah. Out there, especially because I think the elk are too. I really do think that the elk are moving as much as the mule deer are. You know, I, we've said for years, and we've had the argument with um, the landowner that they winter there. Um, it's sort of kind of pushing me for the amount of sheds that we have not found. It's kind of showing that they really don't. I did find another one. We should find a bunch of sheds this year. Um, but that's that's kind of the thing. It's it's almost like it's like the. Um, if you if you think about it like in a in a elementary school style, it's the playground. You know, yeah. kids are out there, but they're not out there all day. You know what I mean? They're not living. I think there. you guys should leave your cameras through winter. Do you think I already pulled them off? 
what do you think is going to happen when all that fence comes on this spring? I think I think it'd be great. I think, I think it's going to be the best thing. The best thing that's ever things. happened to him. But um, we're going a little long here. We're one thirty six straight. Sorry for no breaks today, but it, we had to reconnect and really tell stories. And I think this weekend is the last. This is the last weekend of rifle. I think Ramsey and I and Matt are going to try and um do a little bit of hunting of some sort. I don't know what it is, but um. We're gonna go out and and you know end the year with just enjoying each other's company and really um, just taking a break before we're getting into. I would say for this company, like it's like the winter time for us is kind of like our meat and potatoes as far as um, is fishing and waterfowl, baby. Well, not even that. Like not content wise. I'm just talking like this is where we're we start coming up on a on one year. Yeah, we are coming up on one year, and this is like where we're transitioning into taking it to the next level. It's uh, exactly a month and two days from the first drop ever of Bull Mountain Brothers. Yeah. One year anniversary. And so uh, I guess we could talk about it now because it's not really that big a deal. Uh, we will be posting. We're, we're going to have a week either this week or next week where it's going to be a double episode again, double episode week, because we really want to post that 50th episode on our one year anniversary. Once that 50th episode comes out, we're going to take a three-week hiatus because we're going to completely redesign the studio, redesign our look. It's going to be like a whole new, like like I said, taking it to the next level. So, like, you know, we've been talking about <clears throat> dates when we're going to drop videos and this and that. We're throwing it all out the window. We're going to have five episodes between here and December. You're not going to hear from us for three weeks, and then it's going to be a completely upgraded revamped bull mountain brothers and 2023 i think will be our best year yet absolutely so um look forward to that we have some good podcasts coming up you know coming up for the rest of the year but next year is going to be a whole different ball game yes sir so Glad that, you know, Ramsey, it's awesome that, you know, you continue to just luck box it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> continue to, you're, you shoot big deer, man. That's uh, that's a cool thing. Uh, it really shows your patience and ethics in um, holding out for that mature deer. Uh, so your other deer can, you know, we talk about this all the time. And then Matt shooting a big whitetail. I mean, that was your biggest whitetail ever, right? Yes. Yep. Really cool. And then Sean... I didn't really get experience talking to you about this at all till tonight, but like you shooting your first elk, like that's a freaking awesome milestone. Pretty cool to have it in the freezer, right? Like having oh, your own elk in the yeah. freezer. So uh, a lot of big things and like, you know, I guess I'm not the only one not here doing anything cool, but. You finished your first year as a solo guide. That's pretty cool mile. Yeah, but you also shot, you know, your first animal ever with a bow this year. And then you also shot your first bull ever with a bow. So, you know, you've. We've all been, you know. I will say, when I was editing the lost tapes last week, someone in here made a loud and large bet on who was going to draw draw blood in archery season, um, and it was group versus group. And I will say that our group did draw blood this year. So I do think someone else in here owes, owes us, us a dinner. Owes us. I think it was a thirty rack was the was the Probably. bet. But it's funny to look back on that. It's like how much time has passed. You know what I mean? Between there and that, so. I think we'll end it at an hour and 40 minutes. I think that's gotten a little, yep. a little heavy. So, uh, uh, thanks for taking along with us. Uh, we're back in, and in, in our full, you know, it's been a little choppy the last three weeks, you know, where it's, you don't know who's going to be in the podcast when the podcast is coming out. Cause I, I was on the laptop doing stuff in the lodge after hunting. And, uh, so it'll be back to normal. 
it'll be back to um, your regularly timed programming. Did I say that correctly? I did. Like it was 1970. <laughs> um, but thanks for joining. Uh, as always, we will catch you on the next one. See you later. Later. Two Leggings Outfitters out of Hardin, Montana is your one-stop shop for the best hunting and fishing adventures Montana has to offer. If you're looking for fishing adventures, big game hunting, bird hunting, and much more, get a hold of Dave or Patty at Two Leggings Outfitters, 406-665-2825. Book the adventure of a lifetime today. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.